Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? All right, fellas. Uh, there's this new movie coming out from Hitchcock. Oh, well, that should be fun. What? What's it called? Rear Window. So is it set in a car? Oh, I bet it's on a freeway. Hitchcock loves showing the folks scenery and driving. Uh, no, apparently it's in an apartment complex. A man is stuck in his apartment, broken leg, and he spies on his neighbors. Oh, uh, should we get a peeping Tom, you see? Oh, uh, a pervert. A uh, little on the nose, isn't it there? Well, not exactly. See, apparently, uh, there's a suspected murder that takes place. A man's podcast partner goes missing, and he's suspected of killing him. Well, maybe he deserved it. People should just really mind their own business. Uh, well, guys, it's either we take this role, or all that's left is voicing an over-the-hill hound dog sheriff in a cartoon. Uh, I, I don't know. Does the dog character have a, a goofy sidekick? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a sidekick could make it work. Uh, did I mention that Grace Kelly will be our love interest in this new film? Uh, sold! Sold! <laughs> <laughs> Let's Mary, Mary! Sensation. What, what do you want, Mary? Do you want the moon, Mary? <laughs> I'll just climb up there and get it. Throw, Here I come. Let me throw a lasso around it and, and bring it down for you. Oh, also, I, all, I, all I ever think of is with Jimmy Stewart is just hearing, Hello, George. <laughs> I, I do love oh, the Clarence. Philadelphia story. Oh, yeah, Cla oh. Clarence. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels podcast. We are a movie review show where every two weeks... Almost every two weeks. Oh, wait, wait, I believe they call that fortnightly. <laughs> it's a, a fortnightly. A, a fortnightly. Uh, we bring you a different movie genre with a movie to match it. And today for episode 134, we are going to be doing suspense. Oh, well, say that's one of my, da, 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 my absolute da, 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 da. favorites there. <laughs> uh, does it happen to star me, Jimmy Stewart? It, it does star you, James. Oh. <laughs> so we... <laughs> <laughs> I am I am pulling out of my back pocket one of one of you know not even one of my favorite Alfred Hitchcock film Rear Window from 1954 starring Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly. Bold mm. choice. I do like this film. <laughs> it is uh it's a it's a fun little romp and uh but before we get into it I, I I do believe there is some bean footage, but I don't even know if it's bean footage. Maybe some coffee, yeah, yeah, coffee beans. In a beans. world where a man breaks his leg, uh, <laughs> uh, he, 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 there's a murder. <laughs> we'll we'll find some beans in that one suitcase you, you got to live out of. One suitcase there. <laughs> no, 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 you got to check the suitcase. The it, it, it's got to be there. Uh, have you ever had fish heads? Well, that's what you're gonna have to eat with me. <laughs> so buckle up, sweetheart. 
Oh, I hope you're ready. Oh, high society up, up on Fifth Avenue. Oh, never wears the same dress twice. Oh. <laughs> this is the scene of the crime. A crime of passion filmed in a way you have never seen before. And as no one else would dare attempt. But the screen's master of suspense, the producer-director who shocked the world with Psycho. This is the apartment of a man named Jeffries, a news photographer whose beat used to be the world. Right now, his world has shrunk down to the size of this window. He's been watching the people across the way. Nobody seems to pull their blinds during a hot spell like this. He knows a lot about them by now. Too much, perhaps. For instance, down there on the second floor, the woman pacing about. He calls her Miss Lonely Hearts. So lonely that even death seems like a friend. These are the newlyweds on a honeymoon no one will ever forget. He calls her Miss Hearing Aid, an artist of a very odd and strange art. The songwriter who plays the same melody over and over again. A genius or insane? This is the traveling salesman and his invalid wife. Out of their arguments and nagging comes a weird kind of love. Miss Torso, the body beautiful. That is, viewed from a safe distance. Those are just a few of my neighbors. First I watched them just to kill time, but then I couldn't take my eyes off them, just as you won't be able to. And you won't be able to take your eyes off the glowing beauty of Grace Kelly, who shares the heart and curiosity of James Stewart in this story of a romance shadowed by the terror of a horrifying secret. Hitchcock. <laughs> Hitchcock, she. <laughs> oh, 1954's rear window. And speaking of a woman who did not wear the same dress twice, I do love the scene immediately jumping into it. Grace Kelly wearing that lovely black and white dress. And, you know, Jeff Stewart's character immediately says like, oh, I mean, did they sell that on, you know, the stock exchange? Because she said, oh, it's a steal at twelve hundred dollars. And I'm like, hmm, $1,200, 1954, 2023. That twelve is that dress is 12 grand. That's a house. <laughs> 12, 12,000 dollars. Oh, like some sort of Kardashian. <laughs> right, what, are you, what am I, Pete Davidson? <laughs> so, so uh, you know, he's sitting in his, his sort of, you know, not I wouldn't say it's crummy. No. But he's sitting in his, his sort of his cramped apartment. Uh, and you know, she brings him dinner from like the hottest restaurant in town. Studio Lo- 21. Lobster Thermidor. And I'm looking at my wife. I was like, why don't you dress like Grace Kelly? Why do I, why do you not bring me the lobster <laughs> Thermidor? She's like, I bring you Taco Bell. It's like, not the same, <laughs> not the same thing. So, Studio 21 at the time, at the time that this movie was happening, Studio 21 was like the apex of like fine dining in New York. And so, I mean, for her, I mean, he even I said, think it like, finally shit the bed around the pandemic. Oh, they just did it really? They really? closed the doors. Man. And, but he, I, I think their, their golden age had long passed. Possibly. Possibly. You know, just for the namesake to, you know, kind of keep, uh, 
keep trudging along. But man, I mean, it, it looked good. But it's so interesting where he had commented earlier. It's like, you know, no one no one does this. No one eats this highfalutin and high fine dining meal. And she's all like, how would you like to go to go to, you know, 21 for dinner? He's like, well, do you have a do you have an ambulance downstairs? She's like, no, it's here. But, but they had been talking <laughs> for like a good five minutes before that. It's like, did they leave this poor, poor He's waiter just out, just out in the hallway? Like, Any minute now. <laughs> Any minute, they're going to open that door, and I, <laughs> I I'm going to get a big tip. <laughs> I, man, I it's so it's so interesting to watch like the character development of of Stuart in this film, where you almost end up just like screaming either at the TV or screaming in your head while watching the movie itself because you're like, pay attention to her, damn it, she is. She is waiting on you hand and foot, loving you, kissing you, wanting everything about you, bringing you like a grandiose dinner. And you're just like, <clears throat> yeah, uh, but uh, there, so there's there's three different kind of like major things with this film. You have the love story, the murder, and then like the the noise, just all the other apartments you know, crazy cuckoo that's trying to kill herself. Uh, Miss Lonesome? Miss Lonely Hearts. Yeah. Well, it is... uh, Owner of a lonely heart. It was... uh, (laughs) You know, it's a classic microcosm. Mm. Um, Microverse. And I believe that that one, (laughs) that set, uh, costs quite a lot of money a million dollars in 1954 they had to take out the basement of the the studio and that's where the courtyard was Mm -hmm. but it's fan fucking desiccant not only that but the amount they spent on lighting so they could get realistic 1000 individual lights to like create a proper sunset 37 individual working apartments with lights and running water Mm. so all the characters uh, all the characters, including Miss Torso, who actually did live like on set in her apartment, everything was working and running. And I mean, it's it's a fascinating set. I loved this set. I always thought that uh, Rear Window would work so well as a stage play. Well, it my this was my first time seeing it, Ugh. and I thought that maybe it had been originally. Uh, you know, it had been written as a, a stage play just mm. for how it was presented sure. to the audience. Uh, and then I, I learned uh, later on that uh, all the and this I didn't think they had the technology for this in the 50s. Uh, with all the actors that were not in Jimmy Stewart's apartment had on flesh colored earpieces and uh, uh, the director is feeding their lines and giving them cues through the the earpiece. They had like little spy radios like stuck in their ears because Hitchcock wouldn't give them any type of direction and he wouldn't actually go to them to tell them that like the scene went right or wrong. Apparently, if it was fine, he would look like okay and give like subtle eye movements. And apparently if it went wrong, he looked like if he was going to vomit. (laughs) Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a clear that indication. Sounds about right. Yeah, I but but I mean, it's so neat to look at everything. And I'll tell you right now, I there is just something about Technicolor where I have never seen blue eyes so piercing in in anything other than Technicolor. And I think it's just a, a gorgeous again little set, thirty seven individual apartments, everything built on the uh, Paramount. You know, stage at the time it was the most expensive set 
uh, ever built. And I just I just love this little introspective look of a man where it not only tells so much about his character, but it also tells so much about us as the audience, because it's so 100 percent voyeuristic. All right. We are brought along with his views. Every single thing is actually shot from his apartment, his view, his binoculars, his eyes, his camera lens. And it's interesting to kind of make note of all of the individual windows. It's like he's flipping channels on a TV. All right. Every single thing is like, you know, oh, here's the rerun. What are the what are the newlyweds doing again? What's you know, what's Miss Lonely Hearts doing? Who's Miss Torso seeing tonight? The 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 assholes that sleep out on their fire escape. Apparently, that's like an inside <laughs> joke uh, for Hitchcock for something super weird, though. I, I feel like the people who are who are sleeping on the fire escape. So it looks like two separate apartments and it looks like it looks like they're just like having like a budding romance. And they're all like, we're having a sleepover <laughs> out on the fire escape. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but what if they got a little frisky? I I don't know. I mean, I, I always loved little sets like these where uh, the design of these uh, tall apartment structures, which in New York and uh, Manhattan and other places like that, East Coast very much had these secluded little worlds that were in these apartment structures. And even on the inside, you had like parks, you had like big gardens, you could even have like a playground for the kids. It was its own little, you know, it was its own little world. And I, I really like that concept. And there like is a rule. Concept. If the fire escapes are rocking, don't come a knocking. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but they, the noise, just everything that's happening around the story is really, really well done. Like how Hitchcock is just kind of like, I'm not going to tell you how to dance. And I don't want you to learn how to dance. I want you to be an amateur dancer. Dance like you are an amateur dancer trying to make it big. And that's the direction that you give. And so you you get these real authentic shots of people living, which is crazy. Like I love, I -hmm. love his approach and it kind of has got to speak to more films and more directors of like, Hey, let people just be people and then film that shit. Go. Well, I mean, with the sound itself, it's very interesting because the only time that you actually have direct sound for this, I guess, even soundtrack, as I use, you know, little air quotes, it's only at the beginning and also right at the tail end. Everything else is sound that you are hearing directly from the other apartments. And that's the only other noise that you're getting in. So it's really neat because you again, you are Jimmy Stewart. You are Jeff watching everything go on and everything, you know, happen and the actual composer in the upstairs apartment is the creator of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, I like the little alley that you can see. You can see like, the diner you know, the cars, or the, the, the Italian diner, restaurant. Yeah. yeah, the Italian restaurant. Uh, you know, Miss Lonely Heart. When, like, I thought that the guy was just standing off camera, but that first scene you realize that she's just welcoming an imaginary gentleman suitor into her home it's so it's so sad but also like again you get you get to watch all these kind of cringe though like to to i mean there's one thing to like i don't know imagine you know i'm just like kind of talking to myself or having dinner by myself but to like kind of go through the motions that someone's kissing you on the neck like i mean granted it's not a far step away from Freak on, you know, masturbation. 
but to be displayed <laughs> for dinner is a little much. Well, I mean, who? Okay, who hasn't like practiced no, like, Drew. a line no. in the mirror, <laughs> no. or you know, practice no. for for a job <laughs> interview? Running, running a scenario through your head. I talk to myself a lot all the time. All the but, time. but Jack, do you go? Oh, hello. let's say Anna didn't even exist. Hello, my dear. Uh, no, no, no. It's it, <laughs> grown ups no, don't do okay. this. His okay. His his detective friend flat out said it okay. is New York City. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it's New York. Spot on. <laughs> but his detective friend flat out said there are things that people do in private that they could never explain. This is true in public. Like people, and and that's the thing. Like everyone in their own little world, in their own little apartment, has this idea that like it is their private lives, but everything's on display. And that where it kind of brings up the moral quandary of like, is Jimmy Stewart in the right for kind of spying on them? Like, does he stop? Uh, however, every single time that you look at something that's happening and transpiring within the neighborhood. It reflects him directly. The newlyweds is something that he also wants. The fact that, you know, Miss Lonely Heart is seeing somebody else and, you know, kind of deciding between people, but she can also have them come and go as she pleases is something he wants. The it, the fighting, the, you know, the longing, everything is a direct correlation and like a mirrored image of like his internal thought process and for his own relationship. So Nathan, uh, I can do a, uh, like a, it's like a pirouette or it's almost like, like a, a really bad ice skating move where I can kind of like <laughs> jump, do a little bit of a twirl, sure. kind of throw a leg out there. I do that at home. But when I do that, I fart at the apex <laughs> of the pirouette. <laughs> yes. Uh, mo- mostly in front of my wife. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's, that it's those things, but it, it adds a little bit of Art imitates color life. to the character to, to try to flesh out a little bit more than to make them just sort of two dimensional. Um, <laughs> but I, I did like Miss Lilyheart cause then she, she finally does bring back the one gentleman suit. Yeah. But he just like, he just wants to get in them pants. You're right. She wants the romance. He's not a gentleman. No. And then she slaps him and she he's gone and she kind of regrets it at the moment. And it, it's not everything that she had imagined. And again, it's just more, it's more disappointment. Stuff that she, you know, knows is possibly going to be there, but isn't wanting to expect. Yeah. For a for a I second, like, I, I I mean, what? For a second, I thought in the very, very beginning when uh, the nosy neighbor that's like, "Oh, you're giving up too much water, and, and you're doing this." Oh, oh, the sculptor. I thought for sure that that bitch was dead when she has the. Uh, like, I was like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" Like, did it start this quick? Like, I did not remember. Like that she started. is this like uh and then there were none like does everyone just start getting <laughs> knocked off what the this? hell so yeah I, but but also <laughs> who like I mean I get I get it people do that all the time of like oh you should do this you should do that but his reaction is very typical of like hey shut up <laughs> like I I didn't call you over <laughs> to be like hey am I watering these plants too much should I not be digging this deep like yeah. Mind your business. <laughs> no, and so that generation got got Grace Ooh. Kelly. We got Miley Cyrus grinding on Robin Thicke. 
but the way that Jimmy Stewart talks to Grace Kelly, you want to be like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. And like, he straight up tells Grace Kelly to shut up a few times. I'm like, you, that, that is, she is royalty. And you, you, do not, you do not talk to that. She brought you lobster thermidors and warmed up your brandy. You treat that woman like the goddess she is. Amen. So while filming, okay, so Jimmy... <laughs> Jimmy Stewart is 20 years her senior. Yeah, he's like 45 or 46. He's 46 years old. She's 25. And I'm like, Jimmy, count yourself lucky. (laughs) Count your blessings, Jimmy. (laughs) Because because Grace Kelly wants to be all up in you. Cast or no cast. (laughs) And it's sort of like, like he could... He could be the kept man, sort of like the stay-at-home dad. By, she would love by that. By the wealth that he has. And and I think for, I don't know about Nathan, but if if I had that opportunity, I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we're going to, I got to go go to Vietnam, eat the fish heads and the war zones. And, and, she's, the- like, and she's like, okay, I can do that. Because all she wants to do is be with him. She would totally 100% take care of him and pay for everything every single time. All she wants is him just to pay attention to her, to love her. I love when they're, you know, they're sitting down and they're kind of, you know, sort of making out. And she's all like, pay attention to me. And he's like, well, I'm not across the room. And she's all like, <laughs> part of you is. Well, and they're- <laughs> and I just love when she's leaving and she's upset. She's all, he's all like, well, when am I going to see you? Not for a while. Not okay, tomorrow night. <laughs> not until Fuck tomorrow. you, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> but I, I think that their love story is- the shittiest like it is absolute trash she not on her part oh, absolutely. on no, his she, part and i don't even like the resolution that her the answer like while he's sleeping like a little you know kitten like she's like reading about the himalayas like okay this is gonna be you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make this happen i really wanted to have where when she was over in the apartment about ready to get just strangled when he finally reunites with her to really have this moment of like, when you were in danger, I was so afraid that I was going to lose you. I, I agree. And I disagree because I feel like they were, they were sort of heading towards the final breakup until he started on with the, like the the murder theory and then like you know the, the spanish word for gossip is cheese may and and somebody who indulges in uh in cheese may is a cheese moza or a cheese mozo <laughs> uh so like once the and, and so when when i would be when i would be gossiping with my my former spanish co-workers uh we would just say like you know what what's the cheese sort of like when you know, <laughs> spill the tea but when he finally like shows her the cheese and she's like she gets all into it and they finally find a little bit of common ground that they can start to sort of repair because it's finally something there. that she can get into that he's definitely into because yeah, he's all like oh we're, we're gonna go to you know fucking egypt to I, the king i think he's so used to the fact that he can come and go and she's always there waiting. And now that he's actually stuck, she's like, well, this is grand. I'll just take advantage and love all over you because you can't leave. And he's like, oh, fuck me. But this is why I, I wanted there to be a resolution where he either like is like, oh, my gosh, I do see 
what I what I have with you. And I, I almost lost it when you fucking but died. It's Hitchcock. He's not gonna he's not gonna do that. Well, no, okay. And again, I think it's at the point where, you know, he's watching her it get manhandled and almost nothing. strangled. He does that, that, he well, can. Oh my gosh. He, he could have he could have easily yelled out, hey motherfucker, like <laughs> we're watching he did in 1950s Jewish. So, oh, 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 no. Oh, man, oh, no. <laughs> oh, what are we going to do? Oh, 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 let me, oh let, me, let me call the police. Nathan, in the back of his head, Uncle Cracker is just singing, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got until it's gone. Or start doing the little light bulb flashlight thing in the window and like that'll catch his attention real quick. Oh, wait, there's paparazzi? What's that going to do? Oh, shit, I can't kill this girl. There's people straight up taking pictures of me. What's What's something that gonna do? No, something's nothing. better than nothing, Drew. The man. He oh, called yeah. the police. Oh, oh go oh, get yeah, her! But I, thank God they're they have the response time of six <laughs> seconds. Like holy shit! But are, if this was <laughs> made, if this was made, if this was made today, Jimmy Stewart would have just pulled his AR-15 out of the cast, emptied a clip across the courtyard. Killing the murderer, also killing his fiance, possibly, and yeah. probably other people uh, as well. He needs. No, nope. I'm, okay, I'm okay with this. You put out a very good okay. thing. Okay. Nathan, if this was you... made today, which it kind of was, we haven't even talked about it. Shia LaBeouf, Shia Disturbia, in Disturbia. Mm. There also was a 1998 major no, TV movie. I will which never was, ever watch that which movie. Which was nope. awful. It just makes me feel sad I just know, by seeing just, the cover of that. The it's poster. so poorly done. I, I feel like Nathan wants Jimmy Stewart to do something, but he wants like Mama in Dread to just like take out the minigun and start firing across the or, way. Yeah, no. Fucking I something. Think Nathan, Nathan wants the Terminator, the Terminator with the, uh, the fucking grenade launcher, Terminator 2 just blooping rounds across the courtyard. <laughs> I'm telling you that, like, if you see something like that happening across, like, what do you think that you would have done? Would you have just clutched your okay, pearls again, like Nathan, Stewart? Nathan, oh, there was oh, nothing. There's nothing that he could have done I get it. realistically. Now, could he have sent the nurse back over? Yes, 100%. But I think it's so caught up in the moment that he doesn't want to lose sight of anything, even if it's her being assaulted. And you, this is the first time that you actually do see some emotion out of him. You really do. Everyone's window is fucking yes. open. Could, like you can't could he like scream and holler, make like, a noise hey, across the way in three F. Like he's gonna he's gonna kill her. Yeah, but but Nathan, this or, was ten years prior to the murder of Kitty Genovese, who was famously murdered outside of a similar apartment complex in broad daylight, and nobody said anything. So. Uh, was Jimmy Stewart watching going, oh, oh, Maybe my God. Oh. In the will. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, okay, again, <laughs> oh, I think you're expecting too much of a character that one is technically handicapped. He is immobile. He can't get up and move. Like he can, like the most we actually see him move is get up from the chair and lie flat on his stomach to get a massage and then back to the chair. And that's really American it. American healthcare is really nosedive in the, uh, <laughs> in, in what the, uh, the, the 70 odd yeah. years since this film came out. Like she's a home nurse. And I'm like, is all you're doing is making him breakfast 
and and massaging. That's yeah, cold. Oh, it's good for your circulation. She's also sort of like the uh, she's you know, the, the insurance the, the nurse. Man, I That's know, what but it like is. the the everyman. Oh sure, you know I, I can spell that trouble. She's yeah, she's the she's kind of the voice of reason. She really. has some good knowledge. I think yeah. she was yeah yeah. yeah. I think they could have cut out his cop yeah. friend. He, he, I feel like he was just He useless. didn't really do much. Like, he kept checking in and saying, like, no, there's nothing happening. It's like, it's like Cody. Got- like, he shows up and he drinks, but nothing really happens. <laughs> Did you find anything? Sure. Sure. The dame got on a train. <laughs> and and that giant box, <laughs> all that. her clothes, packed up neatly. Not too formal, but semi-nice. <laughs> hey, you got me uh, white bread... Uh, onion slices, <laughs> tomato, some a little bit of mayonnaise, a little, little bit of mayonnaise, a little bit of mayonnaise. Just drizzle it. Uh, sure. Can you bring over some uh, some some chicken wings, uh, Cody? Sure. sure. Give me about six hours. <laughs> you know he would have been all up on that like that hot bourbon. He was like, mm-hmm. We could just sit here for hours and just. Uh, Whistle Dixie well, and drink this but bourbon. But also, like, the condescending nature of the cop. He's all like, all right, now listen. That woman's intuition, it's not going to work here. And I'm like, wow. You goddamn skirt. Jimmy Stewart. You dumb broad. Speak up for your lady. That's also what I mean, though. Like, he doesn't really have very much, like, feeling into this. Like, he doesn't. Because I, at, I know. Because you guys want to defend no, Stewart. No, because at that point, she had not been in true danger. And he's also now just kind of enjoying her company because she's involved in what he wants to do. And she made the decision to go into the apartment. That's All true. All they were supposed to do was go into the courtyard to dig up that Let's plant. go dig it up. I've always wanted to meet oh, her. Oh, so it's her fault. So if be, she wants to so dress it's like her that, fault. she gets murdered. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. <laughs> she was asking she to be murdered. Straight up. Murdered. It's been a good run on the Real Phil's podcast. <laughs> what if What if he was like, like about ready to strike? He's like, wait a minute. Like, felt the, felt the fabric. Gabardine? 1,200? <laughs> I mean, he is a costume jewelry maker. <laughs> Wholesale. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh my god. Well, the uh, the nurse, um, which she's in a movie, uh, little sidebar with um, uh, Brr, Rock Hudson and Doris Day. Doris, Doris? Day. I, Doris Day. I feel like Rock yeah. Hudson, uh, Hudson was the original Bud Light gay advertising because he's supposed, to be, he's supposed to be that manly man until like. Well, he was gay and he he died of AIDS in the eighties. So, yeah, sorry about that, America. That I loved that his acting too. Love, I liked him. That hero that you love. Guess what? Guess what? And that's okay. But you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a piece of shit. No, but uh, she plays such a good little side role of just like the one that kind of chimes in, gives some exposition, and carries the movie along. But she says something that I think is like. Very telling, even to like probably now more days than back then. We've become a race of peeping toms. Oh like, sure, that's uh, all we are. That's 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 all we that's are. Gotten even worse now. Nobody uh, wants uh, nobody. Wa- I mean. Nobody wants to mind their own business. Everybody has to be in everybody else's business because I mean, whether it's from going and looking on someone's social media site. Whether someone is even having a conversation on, say, public transportation. Taking out your phone to record a fight or some other terrible thing when you should be helping to break up. I tell kids on campus all the time, I said, like, 
No one stops or jumps in to help the fight. Y'all stand around and you either chant and encourage it or you pull out your phones to record it. Like, no one helps. And they're like, well, of course we don't help. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Jeez. So we have gone over to death about the love story. Now, the murder, which as... (laughs) as, uh, Yeah, go ahead. Alfred Alfred Hitchcock hired the actor that played uh what's the murderer's name i forget uh, isn't it like thor, thor, thor brow yeah or something. something like that thorwald 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 uh hired that actor uh because with the gray hair he, yeah he looked like one of the producers that alfred hitchcock had to work with whom out Al- Al- he hitchcock hated. <laughs> hated which i also think is is slightly hilarious it's sort of like the um you know, like the Dr. Evil impression is Lauren Michaels, that sort of thing. <laughs> and it's such a... So, can oh. you imagine being hired and they're just like, I like you because I hate you. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I guess I, I'm glad I fit the part. So I... Okay, so I was looking up. Raymond Burr played Thorwall and I kind And I just saw who he was. Okay, so if anybody has ever seen the movie Delirious with John Candy, where he plays the uh, the uh, the soap opera writer and he conks his head and he wakes up in the soap opera, uh, David Raymond Burr is the dad of the like notorious uh, rich family. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's fun. I just kind of realized who it was. And, uh, uh, Hitchcock um, and uh, Jimmy Stewart had a good working relationship. Yes. Four uh, movies. What's that? Yeah. Four? Whereas, yeah. Uh, you know, Stuart's contemporary at the time, one of my favorites, um, Christ, Philadelphia Story, Cary Grant. Yeah. Uh, so Cary Grant, I guess, was was a lot more of a prima donna. And yeah. Not, not as, not, I guess, as much of a professional on right. the set as Jimmy Stewart was. And, and they worked well together. However... One, a couple of people said that Jimmy Stewart had a bit of an ego at times, and he actually could stand up. If things were to get heated with Hitchcock, he could actually yell louder than him on set. But overall, they had a great working relationship, and Hitchcock preferred to work with him because he didn't really have to tell him a lot of direction. He no. just he just did it right, and Hitchcock was like, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And he actually spoke pretty highly of of Grace Kelly, saying that she was just an absolute natural, like that she commanded it and did well. And I, I think that's like I always like when co-stars can really like just speak well of each other. And it's not just oh, kind yeah. of like, mm, yeah, we did a film Jimmy together. Sir- Jimmy Stewart said that everyday people would Filmer wait. threw an ashtray at me. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart said that everyday uh, the cast would wait for Grace Kelly just to show up because they're like, she just had such grace and she was charismatic and just such a beauty. The writer for Rear Window had such a, like a high praise for who she was. He's like, she was a delight to write for. Oh. And even in Dial In for Murder, he said she was a bit rigid with her acting. However, she was very new to acting at the time. And now with Rear Window, he's like, she was a delight. It was a, it was so fun to work with her. And she had such a great sense of humor. So Anna had never seen it either. Neither have I. I'm so, so happy we, we watched this it is together. something you got to watch. And uh, so, you know, Miss Torso gets introduced before Grace Kelly shows up. Right. Uh, and so she's like, well... I guess that's Grace Kelly. And I was like, nah, I don't <laughs> think so. No. And then when Grace Kelly makes her entrance 
And you're like, that's a Grace Kelly, honey. <laughs> and boom, we're goes not going to see. We're not going to see Grace Kelly from afar. We're going to see Grace Kelly up close. Mm-hmm. Ah, it was a great movie, though. I yeah. did enjoy it. But the murder, although it's kind of maybe not the most, uh, you know, Agatha Christie murder, it's still like pretty good. Some good uh, red herring kind of things to mm-hmm. throw you off and be like, uh, is it maybe? Yes. No. Well, Which, like, like they dig up the flower bed. They can't find it. She goes over. She gets the purse and it's empty. <laughs> the, nurse, the nurse is down there next to the dug up flower just going. Hey. <laughs> like hold up what happened? <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> but it is it, it's a steadily it's a steadily increasing suspense that from I think like maybe even like a quarter of the way through the movie you're you're just kind of going with the ebb and flow of the characters and it steadily builds. It's not immediately like boom, danger. Uh, plus there there is some plausibility that this is all in their heads. Uh, you know, it could have come out at the oh, end. Oh yeah, that, his that, paranoia. That this was just completely, complete fabrication 100%. of just of the you know, which is also played really well in Disturbia. I was just Shia about to say they do it. I think so well because they actually you know go and check it out, and it's like yeah, there's nothing here, and it's just like right there at the end. You're like, no, 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 no. It's all real. It's all real, and it it, it concludes yeah. so well. And I, I do like the update take on the fact that instead of a broken leg, it's a kid under house arrest. So it's not isolated to like one room in the entire shot, but rather the in, the entirety of the house or the property line. So does Charlotte Booth wear a lunch bag over his head that says, I am not a star? <laughs> this no, is a little no, bit okay. pre-crazy uh, buff. And the love story in that one is it, because it's kids – you know, it's teenagers. Right, it's, it's teenagers next it's door. It's so much more believable of like, you know, the hot new neighbor just moves in and you're like, wow, like, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of good parts that I think Disturbia capitalizes on that, you know, Rear Window, I think, set the stage of, and like you guys oh, said, of, of it being a, a possible one day, like perfect adaptation to be made of a... Uh, stage presence. Oh my gosh, that would be great. But well, I mean, this movie's I good. I knew how the it's movie was good. going to end, even though I've never seen it before, because it's one of those movies that has entered public consciousness where I've seen it referenced right. on right. The Simpsons and a a wealth of of many other shows uh, and references over the years. And then, um, you know, I didn't know shit about Jimmy Stewart until the nineties. When I saw a Dana Carvey stand-up, which I, I think everybody who was in the 90s at that time saw at least parts of it. It was on Comedy Central and HBO where he's doing the, the chop and broccoli. Yeah. But he does this skit where he's Jimmy Stewart <laughs> and he picked up a prostitute. And uh, it's like him and the prostitute. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah just, just say hello to it. Say hi, Mr. Penis. Hello. Do, do you have any gum? And then, like, the, the cop pulls up and the cop's like, Irish. She's like, oh, Jimmy. Oh, we don't mind. But they'll take it all down to Mole Holland, will ya? Well, that's a very pleasurable sensation. <laughs> that feels really nice. Yeah, that's really great. <laughs> but that's a, that's a caricature. So. Uh, seeing things uh, later on in life, like the Philadelphia story, like Rear Window, uh, Mr. Smith going to Washington, 
Harvey. Harvey. You know, yeah. A lot of those, it, it helps to flesh them out as, I mean, he was a world-class actor for his day, even though you always got this, at least for me growing up, that he was like a hack because there was the Christmas movie. Uh, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life. And that's really all I I had heard it from. I am IMDb's that, most inspirational movie of all time. That has been referenced to yeah. death. Uh, yeah, because it's a, it's a historical movie. What? It's like saying like, oh yeah, the Bible, Blah. like I, been I been quoted. I know he does. Say I know you do it. You have your magic. I have uh, mine. My, my, my mother-in-law asked us what we were doing for Easter, and I said that uh, oh, is that when Gandalf the Gray becomes Gandalf the White? She was not happy with that response. <laughs> That's rightly so. <laughs> No, and you're right. For for certain films, especially for certain films like Hitchcock's movies, where things like Rear Window or even so uh, things like Psycho, they're so ingrained and iconic and legendary, you can't help but know certain things. Or even stuff that you watch for like the first time, you're watching and you're like, why is this familiar? And I think something like Rear Window, it's a testament to itself, but also it, it can be problematic for like first time viewings. But man, I just, it, it's such a good uh, flip. It's not always problematic, just like The Shining. Like, I had never seen The Shining, sure. but I had seen the Simpsons take on The Shining sure. a million times before I actually saw that movie. Mm. So it's just something that, uh, it's nice to see the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, of course, and, of course. Uh, yep. And God, that's. Especially set, when it's good. That set was so cool. It's such a neat set. I always imagine, like I said, for like a stage play, that. It would just be like a rotating set that would just turn and like you would have the entire inside his house because his actual apartment was ground level with the actual set with realistically with the set. And so when it would turn, you know, the actor would climb like a, a quick ladder or something and he would be up at the top. And I just I just think it would work so well. The the uh, the single pianist pianist. Yeah, he had the best looking like I, I wanted to go. And oh, look his at that, apartment, that his apartment view, yeah, with the, with the sloping, yeah. uh, ground to ground to ceiling windows, yeah. And he was also having the best parties <laughs> for the play, Drew. I feel like um, his apartment being front and center, and then splitting almost in half, and then that way you can bring up like what they're looking at, and they're on kind of either side still like looking that actually could work really well so like if it's split in half and when, and when, like, it, and when the two parts of the building come apart we'll make it you're looking inside on his set and when it comes together all you see is a window that he's looking out of to the other set piece across the way it's not like you're describing mighty max toys so we make a children's <laughs> toy line for rear there we <laughs> walk with me on this yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, and then um, when the dog dies, so the dog is murdered and discovered. <laughs> all right, the dog, and she's just shrieking at he all, loved all dog, the neighbors. Loved you. Did like, you do it because you loved him? For some or reason, that reminded me of the one scene from <laughs> Sling Blade when the dudes tell everybody oh, to get the fuck out. <laughs> oh. That is so bad. It's all like. He's been strangled. His neck is broken. It's like the dog got too nosy. And you almost think, and again, it's that suspense that's being built when he goes down to check out his flowers and the dog is digging and he's walking up to it and you're like, oh my God, he's going to fucking kill the dog. Yeah. And then he bends down and, he's, and he just pets it and he's like, go on, go on, come on now. 
Now, now what if this isn't his first murder? Uh, what if what if the wife was just the the last before he got caught? Maybe. And, and his wonderful flower bed is just fertilized with like you know the spare leg, spare torso of his previous victims here and there. Well, I mean, Jimmy Stewart just said that she was an invalid, so she had to have round the clock care. What if he is like slowly poisoning and having like Munchausen syndrome with his with his uh you know uh his married uh personnel. So they have to they have to rely on him, but slowly and surely he gets the money. Like he has his fun for a while, and then he's like, "All right, I'm bored. We're gonna slowly like kill you with arsenic in your potato soup." <laughs> uh, so my wife, um, this was about a month ago. She she had had some some drugas, and uh, she she'd had a, <laughs> she had a couple of cocktails, and we were watching a movie, and she just looks at me and she's like. We're gonna be dead in a hundred years. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like well, yeah. And she starts talking about. It. I was like, honey, no, honey, I'm gonna murder you well before that happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you think you're gonna last to a hundred? You you're think you're gonna be dead. Retirement? You're gonna be dead long before that. That's like, it's like the scene in Three Amigos. It's like, can I have your watch when you are dead? What? What did he say? <laughs> So like we there there we're always talking about plans once the you know the boys have have moved on out of the house uh because we're kind of tied here due to you know the boys the boys uh and I was like yeah I know as soon as Caleb graduates high school is like you're in the ground honey <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling the house Whoa. taking the profit going back to Ohio. <laughs> Yikes. My gosh. Oh, we love each other. <laughs> so, We're in a very happy relationship. It's like, you're going to be in the ground. And she's like, what? And then Jack just starts humming, so this is love. But, but, no, but, that, but, that, <laughs> but that, that prompted her. Now the inside joke, along with that I'm going to murder her, is like, what are you doing? I'm burying you. <laughs> that is the best scene. And Shut the up, only, you're going to wake the neighbors. And the only scene that I like from but Step I'm alive. Brothers. I'm alive. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite scene. Oh, my gosh. Oh. oh. <sighs> Segments? Segments. Segmentes. Segmentes. All right. So I, I only kind of came up with, like, two good ones. Um, I might quickly like ask you guys an impromptu question, but the first one is, I know what I saw. Have you ever seen or heard your neighbors doing something shady or possibly dangerous that made you suspicious? How about in our world or perhaps seeing someone randomly do something questionable? So it could be your neighbors or if you were just kind of out and about and you're all like, what the hell is he doing? Uh, so our neighbor across from us, um... There was a sign that got posted soon after our other neighbor, Alex Bokitas's dog, went missing, and Name there was a, a, uh, a nice little tombstone that said, here lies the dog who shit on my drive. Oh, no! Oh, God! And I mean, Socrates was gone, so it wasn't like we were like, oh, like, he came back, like, haha, like, gone. So... Forever, Forever, we were just like, nope. Ever. They, Sharon, killed Socrates. Oh, that bitch. 
Are you sure it isn't so, like Max Dog from Always Sunny in Philadelphia Poppins that's still there and just shows up even 30 years later? <laughs> just or like a Futurama, he's just waiting, just oh, just waiting. Oh, oh, no, no, the worst episode. Break, break the worst break episode. Breaks my heart. Sad. Sad. Um, so when I was in the uh the apartment and uh this is this is kind of right before the second to last time I was robbed. All right. <laughs> so, second to last time we were robbed lately. <laughs> lately. So <laughs> someone had backed into uh, the fence that literally created the border of the apartment that I was in. And the front part was like so loose and flimsy. Like all you had to do was like bend it back and you're like, oh, we can totally walk into you know, his back patio and then like into the apartment, which is what they did. So as I'm sitting out on the patio one night, I hear this couple start walking down and going going down the sidewalk to uh, one of the apartments down the way. Now, we never, ever found the car that it happened with that morning. But then I hear them talking and he's discussing like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no. The damage is down on like the uh, the back right hand side of the bumper. But I can't really take it in yet because it's still too hot. Uh, and then all you hear is a voice go like, well, where'd you put the car? And it's like, oh, it's in the garage. Don't worry. It's locked up. No one's going to find that thing. But man, when it hit that fence, you heard that thing for miles. Just the bang and then the bre- the glass breaking. And as I'm like listening to it, like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> clutching your pearls, Jimmy Stewart, just clutching them. Couldn't do nothing. <laughs> because I'm just sitting here like, are you shitting me? This is the guy who hit the fence and like nothing's coming of it. Well, at least now I know where his car is. I actually, I, I did call and make a police report, but nothing came of it. Like no cop came out and like checked it out or anything because all it was just me hearing, overhearing him. And I'm like, but everything lines up. Whatever. Uh, so I have two. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, one, one, one more recent than last. So when I was still in the condo, Pre pre Anna, um, you know it was it was two bedroom like townhouse, yeah. Um, and then, but they were situated in units of four, and so the next building over that had another unit of four, uh, this landlord had allowed these uh, basically like four people to move in that were all splitting rent, that were like, like young, like. Kids. Like, was this the building that was, if I'm facing your front door, was this the building They were right to next to Ray Bally. Okay. The one with all the cats. Mm. Well, or, no, no, but that's, that's further down. But okay. uh, turn, That was everywhere. It, it turns out these kids, and they were kids, were fucking heroin dealers. Oh. Uh, and so, like, that brought... Entrepreneurs. You know, that brought a lot of, like, <laughs> interesting traffic and foot traffic in... I remember going to check my 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 uh, mail and by the mail like box area, mm-hmm. uh, the communal mailbox. There was like some discarded needles and shit. Oh, uh, and then uh, they didn't pay uh, their their electric bill. I'm sure. pretty sure they didn't pay any of anything. Their bill. Uh, so their electricity got shot off. So I was walking to work. Uh, one morning and I walked by that apartment because I like I hated these people. I hated them so much because <laughs> it was such a nice hate so, such a nice little place. This was before it like, honestly the homeless it's, really it's, started to it's move. It's a in. nice little area. So I walked by and I just like said something to myself like what in the cousin fuck is that? 
uh, because they had jerry-rigged the their uh, they had basically removed the meter from their their uh, their fuse box uh, you know electrical meter and they had like jumper cabled redneck engineered <laughs> how to get it uh, get get continue to get power sure so I get out my phone. And I call PG&E while I'm still walking to work. And there is a an option. It was like, if you'd like to to report theft or something like that. I was like, <laughs> so I made a complete report. PG&E ain't like the Bakersfield Police Department. They were out there same day and like put like a steel box over the whole thing. So then I came back uh, a couple days later and they were running an extension cord out there, one of their windows across the walkway to the other building next door and had plugged it in to their outside porch outlet. And so, like, I go over there <laughs> to the neighbor. And you're like, do and, you know? And it's like it's an older, like, like a retiree. And oh. I'm like, ma'am, you know, like, you know the heroin dealers? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you know those heroin addicts they, that are over there? They plugged in outside. They said they're in college. <laughs> so, so I'm going to, do you mind if I unplug that? And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, they finally got evicted. Um, but that, that was, that was, that was one thing that really pissed me oh, off. The gosh. other thing is the worst story. I think I've told it before on Real Feels long ago, but I had my buddy Alex over. It was, um, I think, junior year when I was in university. I had a one-bedroom, shitty Roach Motel apartment off campus. It was on the third floor, and uh, he came over, and uh, this was original Xbox, Mm. uh, and we were obsessed with uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 1 and Dark Alliance 2. Not the computer game. Amen. Their console, almost like uh, Diablo isometric sort of game. So we were were playing through Diablo, or uh, not Diablo, um, Dark Alliance 2, and uh, like, you know, smoking cigarettes packing bowls we had all the windows open because it was nice out and i remember hearing this sound and i didn't think much of it until we noticed the police lights and one of the houses caddy corner to the apartment complex that also rented out to a lot of students uh somebody had um tied a noose around the neck oh no and jumped out their third floor window oh no so it was like on the same eye level oh no and then i realized uh. that the noise that i heard about 10 minutes before which sounded kind of like <laughs> was him jumping out and that was like the last oh, that's sound awful. he made as he is next oh uh so that was fucked up damn because like the all the police the fire department show up like they get a ladder up but they can't take them down yet because the police have to do like crime scene shit and so like they put like a sheet over him but he's still hanging from the house out the window from the rope no this is not helping this is not helping this is not helping no it was he looks like a ghost it was terrible (laughs) absolutely terrible and and then like Absolutely terrible. <laughs> and the wind kicks up. <laughs> We're Marley and Marley. Oh. Uh, okay. So yeah, that's that's uh, uh, oh, Smithville in, in Dayton, Ohio by the Ghetto Krogers. That's where it happened. All right, gosh. Okay. Well, segment number two. Say cheese. 
Has there ever been an embarrassing or incriminating photo taken of you that could have been problematic for you? Did you have to do something to get it back or possibly get rid of it so no foul play would come of it? Uh, I will. I will gladly start this off. So when I started teaching, since anybody and everybody can like raise a stink or bring up your past online and somehow make it like an issue, regardless of it's done on my own time, my own life, whatever. All right. So for those who are not aware or who have not listened uh, to previous episodes. Uh, so I used to be a shadow cast member for a Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, troupe. And so I uh, frequented uh, playing the criminologist and sometimes Eddie. And so I also like helped run the uh, virgin games in the beginning and the ver running. Oh, the virgin, the games, virgin. Games. Oh. So running the games, you kind of like you got to get like in the spirit of things. You get kind of like inappropriate or raunchy with people like telling them dirty jokes or like you come up behind them or whatever. It's whatever. And then there are pictures everywhere. So I had to get rid of like all the pictures of me doing games all the pictures of me, like, in costume for certain, in, like, things in the background. There was one of me, like, holding a giant inflatable penis. So, I'm like, I had to get rid of all these pictures because I know for some reason someone is going to say something like, how is he in education? Why is he being allowed around our children? I don't understand. Is that an inflatable penis? <laughs> so, it's just, it's just dumb. And, yeah, so I had to get rid of, like, all these photos. <laughs> That's true. It's just dumb. It is dumb. <laughs> because if it's like shit that I'm doing on my own time and it's harming absolutely no one and I'm not in violation of anything such as like a morals clause, you know, for my California mean, uh, teaching credential, I'm not you like mean the school district doesn't know about your OnlyFans profile. Yeah, through? totally. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not like I'm one of these teachers from my school district who actually filmed a porno in her actual classroom, which did happen. In our district. God bless that. God damn. And That's what's what's hilarious? What's hilarious is that like le <laughs> legally, <laughs> legally she did nothing wrong. <laughs> but when kids find your po your porns and they're your students, you somehow lose just a little bit of credibility. <laughs> so, um, or you gain a lot. No, she didn't gain anything. <laughs> so I, I got to Bakersfield, two thousand eight. Uh, one of the first uh, friends that I had made was actually responded to a flyer that I had posted in uh, Paladins. Paladins or? and also the now long defunct gaming experience. And RIP. Uh, looking, for, looking for people that are interested in starting a uh, Dungeons and Dragons or a Star Wars RPG game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, George responded. And, uh, like I'd seen George with girls, like he, he banged a chick up in my guest room one time. Uh, but then he, he came out. Okay. I'm like, all right, well, we'll go. Is, uh, at least to my knowledge, the only gay bar now that's still operated. No, I thought the mint was long gone. So Casablanca is 100% like it is a gay bar in town. The mint has, uh, theme nights. And I don't think it's pure. I don't think it's purely a gay bar. Uh, the mint. It's an ally. <laughs> it's an ally. <laughs> we might. We might have had a third, but you're right. I think Casablanca might be the one that's uh, still only uh, operating that is fully. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
we went to uh, or we went to the casa, it's a running theme then it's referred to by its patron <laughs> and there you uh, go. i was getting drunk and uh gay guys were buying me drinks which i was just i was lapping up the intention but i was like i'm straight as fuck sorry guys as is your right <laughs> as is my right uh but they had several stripper poles and and it's not set up like a strip club it's just like a box pole yeah if you want to dance you can get up on it yep so there were uh cell phone pictures taken of me uh <laughs> around 2010 i would say of me uh with my my button-up shirt unbuttoned down to about my the, the bottom of my sternum uh, and one of my legs cocked around the pole, doing sort of like one of like the hanging things, and um, that could still be out there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure like, it is. George and George married Javi. They live in uh, L.A. now. They've got three wonderful kids that they adopted. I'll have to message George uh, and see if he if you can dig back and if you can find uh, any of those photos. <laughs> nice. Of and it's the only time I ever went, but. Uh, <laughs> Jack, drunk as fuck, <laughs> spitting around a pole at the casa. There it is. So this this uh, segment is actually not of me, but um, was a problematic photo that I had in my possession and uh, the chaos that ensued. So uh, my buddy and I somehow got and we're pretty young. We're like 13 we're in contact with these two other girls that lived in Tehachapi, which uh, at the time was, you know, uh, an hour plus away. Um, and back in the day, we did not obviously have any ways of communicating except for long distance phone calls, which cost a fortune and snail mail. Uh, and we would write letters back and forth um, and just, you know, did you spray some cologne on one on yours. I don't know if I did that, but I mean that was definitely a go-to. You know that my buddy did, and it's like one single pubic hair, and then you <laughs> then you, you wrapped up the letter, put it in the envelope, <laughs> and then you're just waiting by Rubbed the mail, like balls, oh god, oh god, good luck. <laughs> was that, was it the wrong thing she to gave do? Me three. Anyways, the girls had sent a um, risque photo of them with like their pants a little unbuttoned and like kind of like their finger on their, their jeans, uh, kind of pulling them down. Just, just a hair. I feel like Nothing this c- must've been mid two thousands, low rise jeans era. You're, you're nailing it. You're nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake and I are just like looking at this photo, like, Holy crap. He's like, wow, this is, this is great. And so we hide the photo <laughs> I'm on the phone with Jake, and I hear Jake's mom yell for him, and he says, Nathan, hide the photo. And I was like, what? <laughs> so then my uh, our house gets a call. Is this a Christmas story? Our house gets a call, and my, my mom talks to Tammy, and she comes to me and says, Nathan, have you been talking to two females from Tehachapi? And I was like... What on what what on earth are you talking about, mother? Females, mother. I'm a disciple of Christ. I am a child of God. Clutching those pearls. Oh, oh. And she to, said to Tehachapi, you say? 
<laughs> Whereabouts? Whereabouts is that? She is, said, "Is that near? Is that near Colorado?" <laughs> you need to bring me the photo. Oh God! And I just I froze for a second. She's like, "Nathan, I'm going to ask you one more time. Bring me the photo." <laughs> So I went and retrieved it, and oh. I because I, I knew, like, I was like, okay, if she's calling it out, she knows about, I mean, details about this stuff. Uh, apparently, the the girls had been, like, drawing pictures of us, like, uh, in, like, you know, What's sexual manner. What's that picture manners? of a tripod? Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's the picture of Nathan that I drew. So they were drawing inappropriate <laughs> pictures of you? I mean, like... Were any of them artists, or was it like weirdly stick figure? It's like a baby's arm holding an apple. And we had, <laughs> <laughs> and we had sent pictures of us, um, you know, like oh, just, shit. just also, no, no. also with low riding jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Check out my hot bush. Love <laughs> Nathan. What they're they're like low riding jeans. Nathan and his friend are like, we're ready for swim practice. <laughs> Oh, it's getting so hot, Coppertone. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a scantily clad shirtless picture of Nathan, but it, but the caption just says the body of Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, forgive so, me for I have sinned. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, it was, oh, it was problematic. So Nathan, that story's going to live rent-free. Yes, <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so originally it was like, the, the question was like, have you ever broken a bone? But I think that's a little boring right now. So the impromptu question, if someone were staring into a window into your home, and unbeknownst to you, they are watching with full intent... What is something that you commonly do that you would hope that no one would see? And mm. I'll start it off in good faith. Okay. So when it gets really hot in the summer and I don't want to run my AC and let you know, run up my bill, I will sit in that recliner <laughs> in just like comfy shorts, no shirt. All right. <laughs> That's an image for you, folks. Don't let it like burn your brain. All right. And I will run that uh, that work fan, okay? And it, it creates a nice, good breeze. But I will also sit with a bottle of like of, of water in a spray bottle. <laughs> and I will spritz myself all over <laughs> and just let that thing blow all over me. And I'm like, this is a great, cool breeze. Let me enjoy this. <laughs> that would be quite the sight. <laughs> yes, Mr. And Giraffe, get all the marmalade. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, that's mine. So, uh, when Anna and I first, like, we decided we were going to be an item, Mm -hmm. um, she had been long distance dating this guy that was in, like, Florida or something. And they had plans, and, and she had gotten an Airbnb in Lake Arrowhead, and, uh, well... I was, I went out to dinner with her. I took her to Eurekios. I was like, I ain't no fucking side piece. And like, so she broke up with him. And she's like, well, I've already paid for the Airbnb. Like, you want to go? It's like, why not? So we went for like a three day, four day weekend um, to Lake Arrowhead to this little cabin. 
and it was like a like a cabin that somebody had probably built in the 70s that it was just for like hookers and below sure um like that it like it so anyway it had like we called it a sex tub because it was it was just it was a ridiculous it was almost like a little pool like a baby pool i'm sure that was the original sales title so i had gotten up at one point out of the tub Dude, that's a little sex pool right here <laughs> yeah like i i'd gotten up out of the tub uh, fully nude uh to get either a drink or a towel and my now wife uh completely saw my asshole <laughs> Like, the, you know, the leg going over the tub, I guess it just was staring at her straight right in the eye. And, like, that was... Starfish right in the face. <laughs> and, and, that, and that became, like, a like an inside joke that she would say, like, well, how long have you guys been together? It's like, oh, only a couple months, but I've seen his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Every once in a while, uh, if the boys are gone and like I get out of the shower, my wife's like, you know, having her morning coffee or whatever, I'll just <laughs> peek my ass around the corner and pull a cheek and then say, hey, honey. And so when she turns, she sees my asshole. <laughs> the best part of waking up. She calls it the eye of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> So I see. <laughs> like I half expect her the next time I do it that she does like the Frodo like lint flop, <laughs> like like to the ground. I love uh, it so much. But the that's that's one of the things. The other thing that is that is lesser outrageous but also still fun is if you have to fart, you go around the corner, and then I'll just peek one eye, half my face. <laughs> And go and just fart, and then she'll look over at the sound of the noise, and she'll just see the one eye. Just yeah, uh, we get real dumb, real fucking dumb. Mine, I would say, doesn't necessarily have to be like because it's not in my house that uh, I do this, but um, there are times what? when when I let Kate to go out in the backyard, and I'll often go out to like kind of prompt her to be like, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's super early. Go potty. Go potty. <laughs> There's times when I, I just don't want to go back inside to go potty. So <laughs> I will walk up to the grass. There's nothing wrong with the backyard piss, <laughs> especially your backyard pee. My dad used to do it in the front. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, but it was like late at night. I mean, I don't care if it's like ten o'clock at night. He would just like, you know, he would just like pull down his shorts and he'd be peeing on the lawn or in the flower bed. And I'd be like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "It's my neighborhood." And I'm like, "We are in a cul-de-sac. This is much more intimate than you realize." I don't know if you guys ever watched the sh the show uh, Big Love, but uh, Bill Paxton's dad like notoriously pees in the kitchen sink. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> It's, so good. it's Bill Durr from uh, from Nebraska, oh and so my it's, God. it's so he's like, why, why? There's nothing right. It's pipes, <laughs> yeah. It's so, all pipes. What is George Costanza? It's, it's all, all pipes. pipes. Uh, You're gonna mix them up. <laughs> so, uh, when I was in college, this was like uh, <laughs> it might have been towards the end of the run, but we had decided. Um, my, and it was my freshman roommate, even though we didn't live together. This was later on down the road. Uh, we decided we were going to go visit f friends in, uh, Ohio State University in Columbus. And we were going to be a part of the whole Ohio State, Michigan 
you know, game that they were doing. We didn't get tickets for the game, but we were just going to be rowdy, drunk assholes through the streets. So, um, there was, we were, we were crashing at the one guy's place. Uh, and I remember having to get up and one guy was puking his brains out in the only bathroom. And so I had to do that. Uh, kind of get up a little bit, not so much, but a little bit on the tiptoes. And I'll never remember my roommate, my old roommate walking in as I'm like, slight, like my ankles are off the ground and like my junk is fully on like, like the rim of the sink. Cause that was the only fucking place to piss. And like, I'm not going to be like swat, like trying to like hot swap beer cans or something. (laughs) Exactly. And he just goes, he just goes, dude, I'm like. I got no choice. <laughs> I'll, I'll rinse it down. Calm down. <laughs> oh gosh. I, I feel like you, you're not a true man until you've pissed in a sink at some point in your life. This is kind of true. Checklist. Checklist. Yeah. What, what, right. did, what did you guys uh, think of this film? How did you rate it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rear window for me gets uh, an easy, an easy four out of five. I think it is a stunning example of Hitchcock's work. Uh, I don't think, however, it was as impactful as others that he has done, but I very much enjoy it. I love this movie. Uh, it's an easy rewatch for me. And uh, Jimmy Stewart, Grace Kelly, Raymond Burr. Just well, well, all... yeah. Well, well yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if I was... Uh nosing watching people from from my window and i saw someone watching this movie i eight out of ten times i'd probably just watch it too i i, I through my binoculars through through my my telescopic lens uh, it's a good movie um it's i do think disturbia probably has the edge on it i do interesting i just interesting. i think that it has because it, it, it's a little bit more suspense um like it's I'm pissing in your sink the next time. Please do. I deserve it. I mean, uh, I, I, I will I will agree with you. Like, do they raise the stakes? Yes. But it's for a more modern audience, which, of course, they're going to make it a bit more uh, action packed. I'm not like, taking actually... away from the original. I think it's great. No, I, I'm going to show broke my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do believe and I agree with you. It, like, it's. It's more. It's more, and I think it's lidless and read. It's better in its own right because of that. But, but I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it can triumph over the original. You know, I've seen a lot of Hitchcock movies, though I hadn't seen this one. Um, but I really, we really did enjoy it. So, uh, I think I'm going to out of the clock face of my butthole. Uh, I'd say about eleven thirty. 11.30, it gets almost a full butthole. Okay. Yeah. Almost a full butthole. No. All right. And how well, How can people get a hold of us, Drew? Well, guys, you can always get a hold of us up on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for The Real Feels Podcast. We are up on Twitter, at Real Feels Pod. You can also send us an email, realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. You can call the Tooch line, 661 661- 
376-0030. We never get calls on the Tuesday. We don't. So I think it's been over a year. We should start negging our audience a little bit and be like, yeah, don't fucking call the Tooch line. (laughs) Don't Don't do it. This is for real fans. (laughs) (laughs) Like my mom. mom. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, guys. We'd love for you to call the Tooch Line. Tell us your favorite Hitchcock film. Uh, tell us your thoughts on Rear Window or even Disturbia. No, don't. Don't. I disagree with you. I don't want to hear your shit. Don't call the Tooch Line. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'd, we'd love to get more folks in on the uh, the Real Phil's action. If you want to become some of the realest fans out there, you can join us up on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. You can, uh, you know, help the show donate some cash get some awesome swag new stickers are on their way you can also for the right price give us a movie to review right on the show for the season mm. fistful of feels burr, burr, burr. and uh and speaking <laughs> of patreon so the next movie that we're going to be doing uh is going to be in honor of my dad because it would have been his pick uh this time around for R. patreon so uh, we will be doing one of his favorite films. Simamula. <laughs> Long has it dwelt on the halls of my, the tombs of my forebears. If it wouldn't be j- a little bit jarring, I would do like, you know, the Klingon death scream. So. <gasps> ah! Ah! There's your there's your Star Trek reference bingo card. <laughs> right at the tail end. Julie, yeah. well, you gotta let Kalis know that they're coming to Stovacorn. That's very true. So, yeah, guys, we uh, we really hope that you have enjoyed this episode of 1954's Rear Window. And, uh, yeah. Which also could be... Jack's Rear Window? A, uh, a term for my butthole. Yeah. <laughs> Which could be a term for uh, Jack's butthole. Rear Window. <laughs> oh, my god! You don't want the breeze that's coming out of that window. Oh, man. <laughs> well, guys, also, by this time... Uh, the live stream for The Cure would have already been over by the time this gets out. So hopefully you joined live stream for The Cure, donated some money for the American Cancer Research Institute. If you did not get a chance, you can always go to live stream for The Cure over on Twitch. You can look up Nikolai's Kitchen up on Twitter, and I guarantee some links will be there. And you can go back and watch all the festivities over on Twitch. So until next time, you're the realist and the feelist. Oh, say, that's a very pleasurable sensation. Do, do you have any gum? Say hi, Mr. Penis. Yeah, give it a little wave. Oh, Jimmy, just take it down to Mulholland. 